Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I've got a guest that I've known for a long time. Todd Nelson is with me today. Todd, welcome to Heart of the City. Hey, thank you for inviting me to share with you today, and it's always a pleasure to be with you. Todd, you have been an attorney here in the Seattle area for how many years now? A long time. Um, I I don't really want to say because then I'll allow people to conclude what my age may be, but in any event, uh, since 1988, and we're in 2010, I guess that makes it, or excuse me, 2020, that makes it, what, 32 years? 30? Yeah, yeah. So, and you finished law school when you were about 10, 11 years exactly. old. Exactly. So, I mean, still, still Doogie young. Doogie Howser. Yeah, Doogie <laughs> Nine years old. There you go. No, but... But Todd's been around for a long time and currently is not only uh, practicing law in the Seattle area, but is a professor at Northwest University, chair of the Undergrad School of Business, and uh, works also in the MBA side of things with business law, so teaching as well. So you, you're keeping yourself very busy. Well, as Rich and that, that's correct, but I don't receive the word busy. Rich and Renee Stearns shared uh, at a world, not a World Vision, they were from World Vision or helping with World Vision, at a governor's prayer breakfast panel uh, session probably four or five, six, seven years ago, long time ago, uh, where I was in attendance with a whole bunch of young people that were in, in you know, colleges and what have mm-hmm. you. Uh, but they shared, Renee in particular, said they don't receive the word busy. Okay. They... Uh, which was impactful to me. Mm-hmm. One student, you know, asked them in the panel, how, you know, you guys must be so busy. How do you how do you keep your lives in order and your faith in order? She said, we don't receive that word busy. We think that's an acronym for buried under Satan's yoke. Hmm. And so they emphasized the importance of always being present wherever you are at all time uh, so that you really can pay attention to the divine appointments that the Lord brings into our life as, you know, maybe interruptions to our program, but what he's doing. So I received that. Yeah, Interesting. So uh, the idea is a juxtaposition between being what we would call busy versus being present, present. in the moment. Sure. And, and lots of obligations and commitments and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really not about what we're doing. It's about what he's doing in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so how are we going to always be attending to or attuned to and listening to what the Holy Spirit's doing within and through us in the lives of others. It, it's true. Well, let's go back, Todd. You've you've uh, been practicing law since 88, and so the uh, question always is, what happened before that? Uh, did you grow up in this area? Are you a Northwest guy, or where where did you start out? Uh, whether I've I guess that's a good question. Have I yet grown up? I'm <laughs> childlike thing. Right. I, I, right. In any event, no, I was born and reared in Spokane, so I'm an Eastern Washington guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to high school over there, had an amazing family. I'm, I'm a Norwegian Lutheran, confirmed Lutheran, uh, which I guess most Scandinavians seem to be. The Lutheran Church has um, gone through a lot of changes since since I grew up. But uh, so I'm I'm a born and reared Eastern Washington Lutheran guy. Went to high school there, then I went to uh, college at Whitman College, which is in Walla Walla, mm-hmm. 
and uh, I studied economics and history at Whitman and was in student government, ski raced and played tennis. And um, so I guess I, I, from a faith perspective, I, I grew up in the Lutheran church, was confirmed, uh, went to a parochial middle school because some of the public schools weren't very safe or, or conduct, conducive to learning. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, went to a public high school. Then I went to Whitman, which is a real fine, a real fine college in Walla Walla. And um, and I was I was a young I was involved in young life, gave my life in in high school to the Lord, maybe in, intentionally or knowingly. Um, How did I, that? T- tell me a little up bit up at about Malibu, that. Malibu Club oh, in Canada. Okay, which, which I is, know a lot of lo- young lifers yeah, go up there. Yeah, it's like you know everybody goes there because it's. Everybody's smiling, lots of beautiful people, uh-huh. uh, no outside communication. You really hear the gospel maybe for the first time around a whole bunch of your peers, and, and the Lord does mighty work at Mal. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I went there and gave my life to the Lord. I went, I've been there many times since. And then I got involved in college ministry with Young Life at, at Whitman, Whitman College, and uh, we were doing college Young Life ministry stuff for for uh, Walla Walla High School, the Blue Devils, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, this is, the, this is the way things work. Uh, so I, I really I really love the Lord, but I just wasn't very mature in my faith. And Young Life is a great ministry, but a lot of the people in Young Life who are in you know, maybe leadership positions with high schools or, or junior highs, uh, they're not entirely mature. They're very young. Right. Um, so Young Life has some great programs now where they, they try and disciple the leaders and, and teach them and grow them, but you know the the Lord has to really put that in somebody's heart to to grow and mm-hmm. mature in mm-hmm. Him, and then a lot of it takes just time uh, and life experience. Anyway, so I went to Whitman; it was uh, fabulous, and I went back to Spokane and worked after I graduated from Whitman, and um, worked for a year and a half or two in my dad's company, which is a construction and business claims consulting company, and I coached ski racing up at Mount Spokane. It was fabulous. Uh, but then I decided that we were working on these large construction and business claims, and the lawyers would would take the claims after we did all the work, and and then they would try the cases or settle them. And and I got to thinking, you know, they're the ones making all the money, and <laughs> we're doing all the work. <laughs> yeah. And I love debate and speech, and so I said, I think I could do that. So I don't know if it, I don't think I probably prayed about it. I just did it. I, I applied to a whole bunch of law schools. <clears throat> I didn't know if I'd get into many, and. And I got into quite a few, which was surprising to me. But I said, okay, well, I'm going to go to law school. And I ended up uh, choosing between Pepperdine and Notre Dame. So here I am, this Lutheran kid who had given his life sort of, you know, through confirmation and all that. Been, was I saved as a Lutheran? Well, I, I don't know, maybe. The Lord's in the process of saving me right. all the time. And, and uh, we're, we're saved as we continue to walk with him, you know. I, um, Anyway, did I, and I gave my life certainly to, to the Lord at, at Malibu, but I still was continuing, good all-American kid, but I was still continuing to to do the things that, according to Todd's agenda, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just wasn't very mature, but I, I wasn't trouble a trouble cause or what have you. So then um, then I, I, I go from Whitman to, to work with my, my dad and, and decide to go to law school, and I chose Notre Dame. Because it, it had a great trial practice program, it's got a great national reputation. Uh, you know, the, they're all about God and social justice and stuff. And so, I, uh, this is gonna be 
be great. And here I'm a Lutheran, and, and how come they even accepted me? I don't know, because Notre Dame's a Holy Cross brother. Right. And stupid. Whitman doesn't have a football team, or it didn't then. It and previously got rid of it. And I want to go to this big school, and they have this great study abroad program for a year in London, your second year. I said, this is going to be fabulous. So I went to Notre Dame, and, and it was a, a wonderful experience. Uh, great, great school. And all, but, but when I was there, I certainly didn't grow closer to, to Christ. There's a lot of talk about God and, and doing all these great things and, and a sense of community, which is huge. And in the, in the Roman church, there's this sense of community in a lot of ways. In the Lutheran church and a lot of Protestant churches, it's very individual in our faith and mm-hmm. so It's a very interesting uh, difference. But So I, I went there and, and uh, didn't grow in my faith, but I knew that I wanted to get a job doing construction litigation. I knew I wanted to come back to Washington, and if you're from Spokane, you know you want to grow up and live in Seattle, which is crazy because I love Spokane. Right. <clears throat> Sometimes they say that Spokane is a great place to grow up and to live when you're like 35 or have a family when you're 35 or 40, and, but those in-between years, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so I had done some work for a law firm in the summer in Spokane, then I went to London, and then I, uh, I came to, to Seattle and started practicing with a, a really nice construction litigation firm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so your life. I mean, you acknowledged Christ in your life, but yet you still, in coming to Seattle, didn't see yourself as fully maturing or even making an attempt to mature. Or was it just kind of like, I'm I'm going to go live my life now, and and uh, my my walk as a Christian is just kind of a part of my overall vocational efforts and not really a focus on, on him. Is well, that, is, I, I don't think I was aware. I mean, you're you're not, not really self-aware as to where you are in your development in faith unless you're really reflecting on your development in faith. Right. Sort of like just because you're in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. Right. And, and I think there's a lot of people in, that go to churches, little c, uh, and the Lord's doing mighty work in all of them maybe in, in spite of themselves, uh, and whether we recognize it in them or not, I don't know. But imagine having a conversation with yourself 10 years younger. Right. And you'd probably shake your head and say, the knucklehead? <laughs> you know, you <laughs> yeah. don't know anything, and you think you do. But right. So I was, I would have, I would have set up, I was a Christian, and I'm sure I, I, I probably was. Here I was a young, young life leader, but looking back now, I I had no matur- maturity, so, really. So what would you say was the catalyst to, to bring you closer to him? Was there a crisis? Was there a, a, a work experience, a relationship? What happened? Well, the catalyst probably isn't a what, it's a who, uh-huh. and it's him right? Um, through circumstances and experiences. But, so I'm, I'm practicing law, and, and I was this good, ethical, idealistic lawyer, uh, I'm, I'm practicing law and, I, and really enjoying it, but I was I was realizing that I I wasn't really gr- growing in my faith. You're in so many ways, and this this took a, a number of of years. Um, I believed in the golden rule and all this other stuff, but uh, when you become a professional, you really spend tend to or are inclined to in a lot of ways, especially at, in that age. You try to do everything you can to succeed in everything and and to to grow your practice, work your hours, earn as much money. Uh, you measure your success in the ways that the world tells you success is measured. 
and there's countless books on this in ministry where you know my first 40 years of my life is all about success and then the second half of my life or however long thereafter is about significance right and so I, I sort of wrestled through that whole process and 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 eventually when I got to be a little bit older and had set up uh, a different firm with uh, another former partner and so we were a little bit smaller still big uh, but it was all based on and he wasn't a believer and he, he eventually says, you know, don't try and save me. I go, I'm not going to try and save you. But, but uh, he was an amazing man who wasn't a believer. And we had a great partnership. Mm-hmm. It was a 50-50 partnership. He was much older. He was only going to practice for a little while and then retire. Um, but we didn't even have a – here I'm a lawyer. We didn't even have a written partnership agreement. <laughs> right? But we never okay. had any disputes. It was Interesting. Just, yeah. He was a man of honesty and integrity. Right. And a lot of people that – frankly, that, that aren't believers oftentimes carry themselves with a lot more integrity and uh-huh. honesty. You know, some of my most difficult clients have been these people who, who are all wrapped up in being, um, you know, being believers, but maybe they don't behave as, right. if, as if you'd really expect from a believer. There might be a lot of bitterness or resentment or self-righteousness or all these things that, that aren't humility and grace and of the Lord. And, and we're all like that in a lot of ways, I'm sure. So... To jump forward to make to answer your question because this is a long answer right. to your very simple question. Interrupt me any time. That's right. Uh, so uh, with all of that and being a, a partner and having great practice, uh, I just found myself really empty in my in my heart. Here you have all this stuff and everyone around you is telling you, you you're so successful and you have all this and so it was, it was again like an Augustinian conversion. You know, before I became forty, but but around then and and. I'm a believer, but I, I really realized that that I was pursuing Todd's agenda, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe even the Lord's agenda, but but with a lot of mine in there, mm-hmm. and so I just completely and fully surrendered. But it was after a lot of a lot of wrestling with Him in prayer, in the Word, and uh, trying to figure out what what it was, what was missing. And of course, He's the only one that can can bring us the fullness of joy because He's the only one who can really uh, fill our heart. We try and do it with success and status and labels and titles and cases and clients and, you know, events, but, but it's, it's only doesn't last. him. Yeah, well, it doesn't last. No, of course not. And he does. Yeah, yeah. So he's eternal, and, and he's the only one who can give us joy in, in all circumstances. He, he is joy. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> when you began to understand that in your in your personal life in your Christian walk that that you begin to establish those priorities of of his agenda in your life, how did that begin to work out in your law practice? Well, it just it it sort of turned everything on its head, much like everything that the Lord does. It it changes everything, even as they're still the same. Hmm. Do you follow me? Um, he he works that way. He's he's our, our nature in this world but not of this world, is very paradoxical. In other words, in our weakness, we're made strong. Uh, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, for the kingdom shall be theirs. And it, it, these things don't really make sense. We see, uh, the world sees the cross as success, and we see it, you know, as, as defeat, and then we see the resurrection as, as his victory over death itself. So in surrender, we have victory. I mean, these things... Hmm. These things are, are profound, but they give us a sort of a sense of both and wisdom in him, not either or. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so in any event, how did it work out in the practice was your, was your question. And, and so that's to, to my partner at the time. He said, but, you know, don't save me because when you 
again, come to that realization, or you do for the first time. You say, well, how come everybody else can't see and understand as I do? It's like going to a person who is blind and saying, can't you see how beautiful these flowers are? And they can't. And so it's not anything that we can do. It's what the Lord does in them in, in giving them new birth in him and, and transforming them, be, becoming a, a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. You know, we might try and impress upon people the importance of that, but a lot of times we just get in his way. <clears throat> so in answer to your question, uh, I realized that my entire practice needed to be his. That's quite a profound realization. So, so it, wa- it wasn't really an aha moment. It was just the transformation of realizing that everything, you know, I'm, I'm dying to self. It's all you, Lord. What are you doing? What, what are you going to do within and through me? And so, so my whole practice had to be his, yet I was still in my partnership with my, my partner. And he said, you know, don't save me. And I said, of course not. And so, so we continued to work for many, many years until mm-hmm. he pretty much moved on and, and retired and shifted his practice and stuff. And very you know, very amicable and what have you. But right. um, but the the firm wasn't his at that time. And so when he when he said, okay, I'm going to move on now, I said, oh, no, now what? You know, because it was, it was we had an amazing firm. And so then the, just the Lord put on my heart that, you know, the whole firm is now his. And I'm like, ah, well, what's this going to look like? So now it became Nelson Law Group, but it's not mine, it's his. Yeah, you know, people know sort of my name, but you'll see that I wrestled with that. I was thinking, when, when you set this up, how do, you, how do you set up a law firm that is his, you know, in Seattle or King County or, you know, Western mm-hmm. Washington especially? Um, and, you know, the, it, it, may, it may create immediate hostility for a lot of people, but uh, I think you need to be clearly hidden. And so, uh, so be who we are in him, but love everyone, but don't ever compromise who we are. Mm-hmm. So, so I realized, you know, this is a, a amazing law firm, but it's also a ministry, and so it's what he's doing. It's not mine; it's his. And so, what does that look like? And so, I was thinking, well, fighting against or, or fighting for justice or all these things, I mean, you can't do that because justice is his. So he just impressed on me that you know we can fight against injustice, but not presume to bring justice. You follow me? Yeah. So, so, so the tagline under under Nelson Law Group and sort of the the identity, if you will, believing in the truth. And of course, lawyers are supposed to do that. Right. But you and I know that he's the truth. Right. Okay? And so, so uh, as uh, um, a meaning that, uh, that is, is inoffensive because he's the truth and everybody wants to you know, believe in the truth. But a lot of times, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. Nonsense. Yeah. He's the truth. Yeah. How do you deal, uh, just on a, on a personal level, because there's a lot of jokes about attorneys, right? Course, I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, hey, I, I, mean, I have one. You, you know, uh, <laughs> give guy, guy me called, one. Sure. Yeah. A, guy, a guy calls his attorney and, and he says, or, yeah, her attorney, whatever, yeah. and says, hey, I have a couple of questions. And the attorney says, all right. He goes, well, well how much is it going to cost me to get answers? And he goes, $500. What's your second question? <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's lots of jokes about attorneys. Yeah. Attorneys are amazing, though. I mean, if, if, yeah. well, if, if but, you have a good one who really is advocating for you, it's yeah, like a doctor. Well, the, well the, it is. Yeah. It, you know, while we joke about your profession uh-huh. and and, every, and your profession one, jokes one, about itself. One of my professions. Yeah, okay, one okay. of your professions. The reality is, is that Christians and non-Christians alike need an attorney of at some point in time in their life, whether mm-hmm. it's to do a will or whether it's to 
execute some sort of a contract in some way or, or whatever. So, um, how do how do you handle? Are there cases or are there situations that, as a Christian, you won't handle as an attorney? Well, of course, and and most of those, though, are not that I won't handle as an attorney as a Christian. They, I, I won't handle cases that I'm not the best suited person to do that. Okay. Because regardless of whether you're a Christian or, or not, you want the best professional who's going to bring all the integrity and the character and, and the excellence to whatever. It, you, you don't ask your neurosurgeon if they're Christian. You're, you're just rejoicing if they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want the best neurosurgeon mm-hmm. or the best attorney. for. So there's a lot of cases I don't do because there's other people That's who do That's not it. your expertise. No. Um, and the Lord's really mightily transformed my understanding of... of being a, a professional counselor at law, if you will, pastoral counselor at law. But, but uh, to your point, no, I I've represented people who are of different faiths in different circumstances, and 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 that's totally fine. Right. We're called to love everyone, regardless of of their faith. And as right. I was sharing, some people that I've represented, my most difficult clients, and there's only a few that have been really problematic. Uh, they were, they were. Outwardly spoken Christians, and 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 their behaviors and, and their behaviors didn't seem to line up with their proclamations. Yeah, you know. so that was difficult. But to tell me, yeah. tell me a quick story. We've got about three minutes left. I'd love for you to share how, as an attorney, and I'm I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't ask you this before, but how as a as an attorney and your faith may have worked hand in hand to help someone. Yeah. Can, can you share a story? Well, yeah, and, and we didn't get to the maturation process too much. But, but so after the, the Lord did his mighty work in, in saving me yet again, and, and um, you know, before I was 40, I realized I needed to mature. So I ended up spending nine and a half, nine and three quarters years getting my Master of Divinity at Fuller Seminary here in Seattle and also in Pasadena. So that was the long maturation study growth process for me. You know, a lot of time in prayer, a lot of time in, in substantive theology and ministry with the intention of being you know, a, a full-time pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, circumstances have been such with the changes in the church as to, okay, in which denomination, you know, because the church is a big C. So, so, so fusing or bringing together, and not what I do, but what the Lord does. Most people have a legal problems, and a lot of people say, well, call Todd, and, and that's great. But, but the legal problem can be addressed relatively simply by good, competent counsel. But the underlying issue is maybe you have a dispute, but, but there's a sin issue there that's, that's greed or vengeance or, or resentment or bitterness or justice. And so the, those are sin issues in which you need to pray and, and turn to the Lord to get you through that. Because if you win your property dispute with your neighbor and you get $10,000, well, great, but if you still hate each other hmm. and you live next to each other, you have a, I mean, that's a Pyrrhic victory. You win the battle and lose the war. So lots of cases like that. Yeah. And the Lord's mightily at work in, in the legal business, if you will. Uh, it happens with, with uh, I mean, before all of our meetings and all of our cases or all of our trials, uh, all of our mediations, we're, we're in prayer. And, and the, Lord, the Lord's present, or people say shows up, but he's present in disentangling these issues in amazing ways and reconciling clients and attorneys, uh, opposing attorneys uh, through the whole judicial process. We recognize that he's present and he's doing it, 
And he does a lot of things in ways that are a lot different than the way we do. So turn it over to him. And, and sometimes people recover a lot and they don't heal. And sometimes people maybe don't recover very much and they do heal in him. So Wow. Yeah. Well, Todd, we could spend a whole lot more time, and uh, but our time is, is short. So if someone wants to reach out to Todd Nelson, you can go to Todd, T-O-D-D, at nelsonlawgroup.com. That's Todd at nelsonlawgroup.com. Todd, thanks for joining me today on Heart of the City. Amen. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word, call Chuck Olmstead, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.